Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. I got to sip this thing slow. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing with mine, sipping it very slow, very slow. But drinking <laughs> out of a glass. My my wife got me one of those uh, those man crates. Have you seen those before? No. No, it's like it's like a it's a thing online. It's called mancrate.com, I guess. I, she found it, got it for me for a birthday gift. I don't know if you, you'll see it on the camera, but it actually on the glass it says Matty Mo. Oh shit, that's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't really see I can see the outline. Yeah, really kinda hard to see, but yeah, no, it was really cool. She brought me a bunch of Maddie Mo glasses. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. all right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Well I'm washing my well, with uh, some regular Bud Light, so Oh, that's that's a smart idea. I should probably water somewhere. I might actually do that. <laughs> well listen, I had uh I had done uh I had done an earlier a podcast earlier. Oh really? A girl in uh, in London, but she's from Poland, and um, you know, an airsofter. And um, so, I, her, and I were drinking on the podcast. So she had some yeah. kind of like IPA. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Well, you'll see it on the video, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so we poured our glasses. Well, I had um, I had this Maker's Mark. So. I was kind of, you know, just as we, you know how it is when you start talking, you you know, you're talking with somebody, you're listening. So yeah. I'm drinking and I'm, I'm like halfway through, it starts hitting me. I'm like, oh, I need to slow down. <laughs> that stuff is strong. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, man. No, I totally get it. No, I'm, I'm excited to watch that, dude. I've been listening to your podcast now every day at work. Like, I've been going back all the way back, like, since you started the podcast and stuff. And I've been listening to them all, dude. Like, you're... Oh, God. You're getting me through the work. That's why I went out, bought the shirt, you know? I mean. Dude, that is crazy. I saw that picture. I was like, holy shit. I know, right? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I think we've had one person or maybe two people in the last three years buy like a hat and a shirt. Uh, And so I'm not really expecting uh, when, you Mm -hmm. know, somebody to buy some of the merch. (laughs) When you sent me that picture, I was like, oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) I forgot about that shirt. <laughs> I'm glad I shocked you. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, I just man. started a new uh, storefront, uh, or I guess I just started going through uh, Printify, I think it's called, because I was using Teespring. I'm using Teespring right now for yeah. a bunch of the Mobros team merch and stuff that we have, and I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan. Okay, so maybe it's just me. I don't. I don't. Maybe I don't know how to do it. But uh, yeah. on our website, when I go to Teespring, there's no way to link directly to uh, the website from Teespring. So at least I didn't find one. So it's not like. Uh, so I have to take those. Uh, I have to take those items that I create on Teespring mm-hmm. and manually put the picture in, manually put the description and manually put the add to cart. Well, yep. the add to cart button doesn't actually go through our store on my website. It, 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 it goes through the to, Teespring store. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. But it's, it's just, 
Teespring just wants you to go through Teespring. There's a bunch of other options out there as well. I feel like, to be honest, uh, a lot of Mobo's merch and stuff we have out there now, it's it's great merch and stuff. The t-shirts, the sweatshirts, yeah. it's awesome, right? But um, we're working on a couple of designs for, like, a second generation. And I'm thinking about using a different company, maybe somebody like Bonfire or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. We don't have our own store. We prefer to use these companies and stuff like that because we don't expect to make a lot of money off of, you know, right. our swag and stuff like that. Like, it's, we just put it out there because people have requested it from us, you know? Like, right. people that we run with on the field, they're like, oh, yo, that's T-shirt sweet. How do I get one? Well, you can go to our website and then click a link or click the picture and it'll take you to the Teespring website and you can buy it there. You know, well, I'm going to and, you, I set up this, uh, I, I did the same kind of thing and, and we don't, you know, uh, like mark up the, the price, whatever, like Teespring, you actually go in and set, you know, whatever. Yeah. You can set your prices and stuff on Teespring, yeah. which is, which I've been finding. And yeah. The Printify thing, the way it's set up, Bro, it linked because I use Wix. I used uh, Wix to build our site, and mm-hmm. so uh, it has everything built in. That's why I was really surprised that Teespring didn't have a way to link to that to the yeah. front itself. So uh, I went on Printify, and it has a link, or it has a way to click. You know, if you have a Wix website or a Wix mm-hmm. built website, uh, to link it and link your store. So you kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like using Zelle, you know, you have to sign into your bank account kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's the same way. So I, I went on Printify, I signed into our store on, uh, Wix and then it, it linked them. And so now every product I make, it automatically puts everything, the description, the, the ID, the, the, the add to cart button, everything is already programmed in there and they can actually click add to cart and it stays on our Wix website and they purchase it through there. So it's, uh, I was like, holy shit, I should have done this two years ago. But the (laughs) thing I didn't realize was when I did that, they have a 40, uh, the uh, default setting is 40% markup on the items. So I added a t-shirt. Yeah. So I added a t-shirt on here. I'm like, oh, cool. So then I go back to add another t-shirt. Well, then Mm -hmm. I have my website pulled up, you know, and I'm checking and I refresh it and I look and I click on the item and it says like, $37 $37 for a t-shirt. I said, what the hell? <laughs> I said, wait a minute. So I go, I hurried up and went back to uh, Printify and I changed mm-hmm. everything down to like the lowest thing or whatever, yeah. where it was like a basic, you know, yeah, cover, the, cover the manufacturing costs, you know, and that's, yeah. that's just the basis of it. It was funny, right? man. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had my fair share of, uh, technical issues and stuff like that, especially building our website, which is, gosh, I I think I finished it, I don't know, beginning of this year, I think is when I, I actually like finished the website. Uh, I built it all via Squarespace, which I love, I love Squarespace. Like I'm, I'm addicted to it now. Like yeah. there's so many ways that I can check on the analytics and stuff like that and actually see like, all right, how many people are going to this webpage? How many people are liking this photo? That sort of stuff. Um, and where where our brand is like kind of like just going out there in the internet, right? Like how many people are looking at it on an Android cell phone? How many people are looking at it on an iPhone? You know, like I can see all those analytics and then I can kind of maybe adjust things on the website to make it a little bit more appealing to people. Um, The other thing I love about our website that has been a huge, just amazing help for me as a team leader is 
I have a section on our website. It's called Mobro's Members. It's a password protected page on our website. Yeah, I know. So, I clicked on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people click on it. I've, I've seen a lot of people click on it. They're like, "Crap, I don't know what the password is." I'm like, "Sorry." Yeah, you got to be a member. Yeah, it, you got to be a member. You got to be a member of the team to see that. But all the stuff in there is just team updates, like packing lists, events that we're going to, like who we're connecting with, like, hey, Matty Moe's going on a podcast today. Like, just to let you guys know, this is the stuff that's going on in the team. Instead of me having to reach out to each individual member or do a huge, like, text message group chat or something or a Facebook chat, I could just post all the updates and stuff right on there. And every every member is just like, oh, you know what? I'm on my lunch break. What's going on with the team? Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, sweet. You know, hey, here's the link for this. Here's the link for that. They just click it on their phone. It's super simple, super easy. Like, it's made organizing everything for this team a thousand times easier than how I've been doing it in the past two years. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there's so many tools I have available Hmm. to add, like, items on uh, on our website. I'm just... I'm not good at it. So See, for, it for me, through, it's, it's the small stuff. Like when, when we say we're going to an event, like um, we have the Grim Year Tactical event coming up, right? April 23rd and 24th. I have stuff on our website for a packing list, the hotel address that we're all going to be staying at, right? Yeah. A link. So that way, if people want to, uh, because, you know, some of us reserve the hotel room, others don't. We have a team bank account now. So members can actually click a link on the Mobro's members page and they can go ahead and pay for their portion of the hotel room via PayPal early if they want to do that. Like, it's smart. It's super convenient for all of our members that is just like, boom, just right there, right on the Mobro's members page. You can do it on your phone on your lunch break while you're at work and stuff. And that way, hey, guess what? I'm set for the weekend. I paid for my hotel room. Event ticket is paid for. I downloaded the packing list, so I know when I go home on Friday what I have to pack. I downloaded the team map of the event and everything, so I have the whole map of the AO. All that information is there for our members. And some of that stuff we actually share on our event page as well. So I'll put stuff like uh, our packing list and links to event tickets and stuff like that on our event schedule for anybody else to see, but most of the other stuff... like where we're staying in our hotel, stuff like that. That's private for our members to know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You don't want a bunch of visitors over there? No, I don't want a bunch of visitors. I also don't want people sending us a bunch of like PayPal payments in the ether. And then I have to pay tax on that stuff. So <laughs> right. yeah, for real. Yeah. More than 600. If you make more than $600 on PayPal in a year. Oh my well, that, God. That's across the board now. That's a federal thing. So yeah. no matter like uh, when uh, one of the new guys started with us, yeah, uh, you know where the work I do, the construction stuff, yeah. Uh, if you know, and originally he was just going to help out like one day a week or something like that. It wasn't going to be mm-hmm. much. Just moving, you know, taking trash and all the big stuff out of the yeah, labor stuff, uh, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. And uh, so after uh, we thought it was going to be very temporary, but it's been going on for a few weeks now. So then mm-hmm. uh, my guy ta- contacted me. He was like, hey, you need to get his information, have him send it to me because he's about to hit 600 bucks. We got to we gotta log all this. He's got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. So that that's actually a re- – I think that's a recent update with the 600 – with that mark, the $600 thing. Yeah. Like in the last few years. 
Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised by it because, like, I've, like, so, like, a a bunch of different stuff that our team uses, we use via PayPal, right? So, like, team payments and stuff like that is a big one. We just had an event we went to at Operation Outbreak, and, you know, we had the link going for that one. And we, of course, have our Grimnir Tactical event going on. Uh, For the Grimnir event, we got, like, this amazing hotel suite at the Hilton Homewood Suites. It's five minutes down the road from the field, right? Wow. Which is which is perfect. You got to be at the field for what, like seven thirty in the morning? Guess what? We're rolling out of bed at seven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so get to sleep in, right? We have a sh- we have two full bathrooms, three beds, uh, two queens, one king, a pull-out couch, a full kitchen, full refrigerator, like, and for three nights, it's costing us about a thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's wild. It's wild, but we're spending spending the $1000 split between eight people. Well, yeah, uh, I'm saying that is uh because dude, that's cheap because we just looked up uh we were trying to plan a summer trip for like mm-hmm. kids and grandkids, you know, and this is just, you know, 3 hours away at Myrtle Beach. The hotels have gone man, they skyrocketed, bro. Like they did. Uh, where we could get, uh, you know, five years ago, we could get um, the Breakers, which is a pretty, you know, popular mm-hmm. hotel at Myrtle Beach. It's great yeah, yeah. for little kids because they have that, you know, a bunch of kids stuff there with the yeah, yeah. everything. They, uh, <clears throat> it's five grand for four nights. Whoa. I said, uh, no. It's like 900 bucks a night. I said, I'll sleep. The kids can sleep in the car. <laughs> we'll just sneak into the beach and camp a tent. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh so, God. Five grand. Yeah. Holy crap. I said, no, we're going to. So then I looked at, uh, I was like, well, maybe we'll push it back to like November and have like a Thanksgiving, you know, family thing in uh, mm-hmm. Gatlinburg in a cabin. It was like 2,800. For three nights. Oh, my God. And I said, what the hell? And this is on Airbnb. I'm like, what happened? Holy wow. crap. Wow. Uh, no, anyway. it, it, the prices are crazy. We uh, we as a team, we're, so we got the Grimnir event this April, right? Yeah. And we're going, we had planned. We do have a room booked, but we're in talks right now to actually kind of cancel the room. The reason being is we're paying $1,000 for the Grimnir weekend. We're going back to the field again Three weeks later, same hotel room, same location, yeah. $200 more. Oh, shit. Like, and we've been talking about it as a team, and there's only about six of us going to this one. I mean, we can we can supplement. We can find random people, you know, that we friends of ours and stuff that are going and be like, hey, we have a hotel room. You can come and stay with us for X amount of dollars. What's the point at that point? Like, it's $200 more. So we're talking about just camping out for the American Nilsom event, Eastern Front, that's going on in New York. Like, we might just camp for that one because, I mean, an extra $200 and only six people are confirmed going, like, yeah, that can get a little pricey, especially for a three-day weekend, you know? Right. But, um, no, we we work stuff like that out, and as we're working it out, like... You know, voting and stuff like that. You know, we'll pose a question to the team. Voting's taken care of on that members page. You know, at cool. at people's leisure. You know, and that's it's convenience is everything nowadays. Oh, nowadays, sure. right? I mean, sure. yeah. I mean, we have this thing in our hand all the time. We can just uh, you know 
use pretty mm-hmm. much every app on here and just exactly you know and click through when, and- when it comes to me and my life and and trying to you know run this team and coordinate stuff for all the team members the thing i constantly do is i'll constantly get messages hey maddie mo what's what's going on with the event for this weekend i have no idea what's going on is it easier for me to go ahead and type out a three paragraph long essay on a text message and tell you everything and provide links and all that or is it easier for me to just say go here go go to this go to this page here's the password you should have the answers to all of your questions and if you don't then answer me right and I haven't yet got another question back, which is good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, you got to streamline it, you know, with the communication and the tools we yeah. have available. It's the best way to, you know, streamline mm-hmm. that stuff. You know, that's everybody's flexible, you know. Exactly. Everybody's like, we're all playing airsoft, but everybody comes from a different background. Everybody comes from a different lifestyle, right? Like you're, you're working construction, you're flipping houses and stuff. I'm doing project management and estimating and stuff. I'm yeah. behind a desk all day. Uh, we got a couple of our guys that do construction. They're building houses, being laborers and stuff. We got a guy on our team who's a uh, a gardener, a, um, a landscaper. We had a guy on our team that's a welder with the he has a job with the what's it uh, Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. He oh, works wow. over there. Yeah. Uh, my, my brother, he's just got back from basic training in AIT oh, with the National Guard. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, our team members, they're all doing all sorts of different things on all walks of life, right? Nobody's schedule is going to line up during the week for us to do some sort of weekly meeting, you know, especially when we got family, friends, kids, it gets hectic. So to be able to take all that information that everybody needs to know and put it in one centralized location and be like, Hey, if you have a chance this week, just pull up the page. Everybody can do that. Right. It's so easy. It's so simple. And then we communicate that way throughout the weeks, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we uh, we used to do the uh, – when we first started the channel, I would get all these guys together on their days off or whatever. And we do mm-hmm. a meeting, like, okay, plan, like, the next week for videos and when we're going to do all that stuff. Well, then uh, – and they had the time uh, to yeah. do that because they had a consistent schedule, each of them did, where they didn't have overtime and stuff. Well, then they got uh, two of the guys got promoted. Uh, Johnny changed his job and his schedule, and then mm-hmm. some other things changed. So it was, uh, and that's actually how you know. I'm sure you've heard that's how the podcast started. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, we had to be flexible, and so we just kind of chat whenever. Well, obviously, we haven't been able to figure out when we can get together for a video, but uh, <laughs> at least you know, whatever. At least I'm meeting new people, and uh, but I had to be uh, flexible too, like. Uh, I've been doing these uh, videos or these podcasts on Discord. Well, the one I did just earlier today, the yeah, yeah. Discord uh, would not work uh, for this lady in the UK. So it, it came up, the audio sounded great, but the video would not load. So, and I've had that a couple of oh, times no. where we've tried to like, you know, kind of work through it. <laughs> but uh, she was like, well, I use Skype for my job uh, and that works, you know, flawless. Can you do that? And I was like, you know, I've never tried it. I mean, I've used Skype before, but yeah. I've never tried it on here. And, uh, oh, we got a visitor. <laughs> what are you doing? This is my granddaughter. <laughs> she got stuff on her fingers. What, yeah, what are those? She got the, so those, uh, uh, 
washable uh, markers, whatever. She's been playing with those. You gonna say hi? We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. All right. It's weird seeing you without the headset on. <laughs> Isn't it? I know. And without a hat. I know, right? Like the videos and stuff. I think I have. I think I have a hat. I don't know. Maybe not. Sometimes you have a hat on. Not all, not all the time, but sometimes you have a hat on. But it's definitely weird to see you without the headset. That's for yeah, sure. When we're talking, I know. And this headset's weird because uh, whenever I'm looking, I don't look too much at myself in here when I'm doing these. Yeah. But, uh, the uh, so this side, it's like it's all awkward. Look, oh, I see it now. Yeah, I see it. it's like bumping out on one what side. Yeah, oh, <laughs> this thing, I can't, I don't know how to, I don't know. As long as it's comfortable and it works, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's I, all that matters. I, I'm like, whatever, bro. <laughs> this thing, <laughs> but I've tried it before with um, because I have a uh, a blue snowball, uh, yeah, a little whatever it's called, Yeti Snowball or something like that, Mike. Yeah. It sounds really good, but the problem is uh, if I don't have a headset on, uh, when somebody talks, it comes through the speaker. I have to turn mm-hmm. up just enough to where I can hear it. Well, then the mic hears it as well, and it starts either an echo or it starts yeah. that uh, auto cancellation or sound can- whatever. So I was like, uh, I just unhooked all that. I got this thing for like 15 bucks. I'm like, it has the mic on it. I don't care. Because I have a um, a Turtle Beach uh, headset oh, for my, ooh, yeah, for my nice. Xbox. And I can hook it up to here, you know, wirelessly. But uh, the wireless thing sometimes cuts out just every once in a while. Oh, does it? Oh, that's odd. Yeah. I wouldn't have so, expected that. And I think it's because my computer actually doesn't have, uh, like, Bluetooth built in. I had, mm-hmm. I had to get one of those little plug-ins for the USB. I don't know. Maybe that's it. But um, or maybe it's just because it's an older Turtle Beach. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, well, the, so this the important thing is is that you have a Turtle Beach. And the other thing that I think a lot of people watching this are going to be excited to know is you play Xbox. Like what? The- Bro, listen, <laughs> I saw you were uh, logged in. Like you were still logged in on our Discord. I think it was yeah. yesterday or maybe a couple days ago. And I was on here. I was editing. And I saw you pop up, and it said you were playing Battlefield Four. And I'm that was, you, yeah, that was just yesterday, I was like, man. I just about stopped what I was doing and got on my Xbox to try to find your gamer tag. Because yes, Battlefield <laughs> Four is one of my all-time favorite games. As oh yeah, multiplayer and stuff. Uh, besides, you know, all the you know Gears of War and Halo and all that kind of stuff. But oh, Battlefield yeah, right. Four is hands down my. I played so many hours of that game when it was out. I'm like a level 132 or something like that. Like, and the cap is 140. So I've, I played that for, oh my God, a hot minute. Actually, if you, 
if you go to my my personal YouTube channel, you can actually see a couple of Battlefield Four clip videos, like music videos and stuff. Yep. That I that's was me playing back in 2013, 2014. Like yeah. I don't record anything anymore, and unfortunately, I do not get on gaming too often anymore. It's it, it sucks. It's just work is too much, family, and then of course airsoft with the team and everything. You know the studio and. Yeah, podcasts and all that fun stuff. But when I do get a chance to get on, I I love Battlefield Four. It's, Your room looks awesome. I love the way you have it set up this time. Oh, yeah. I think last time I was sitting at the table. Yep. over here. Yep. But uh, yeah, this time uh, right now you're sitting on my desk on my editing area that I uh, I use here. I have a sec- I have a second monitor off screen that you can't see here. Yeah. Um and then the patch wall, which I'm sure you've seen the patch wall in several of our videos and stuff before. Yep. The patch wall is actually like right up here above me. <laughs> yeah, but, I just saw but, your uh, little clip on um on Instagram, matter of fact. Oh, yes. Yeah, people are loving that. Patch wall and I said, "Oh shit, he's got yep. a patch up there." <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. That was cool. So uh, the patch wall, what I I started collecting patches maybe like a year or two ago yeah. um, just from, you know, going to events, meeting other teams and stuff. And they're like, hey, man, would you want one of our patches? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll trade you a Mobro's patch for one of your patches. And that just kind of blossomed into me making a more brothers patch wall because you know what our team's about, right? We're all about more, more experiences, more everything. So why not make a patch wall just filled with all of our friends' patches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't really have any I don't think I have a patch really here that I paid for or that I like received in like a gift bag or something like that. Like everything's just from friends and stuff that I've met or I've talked to, like you and I are talking, like met on the field, played with them on the field. Like that's where all those patches come from, man. It's it's awesome. It's a great way to grow the community. And every time we add another patch, I'll make another post and I'll tag that new person and I'll tag everybody else that is also on the wall. So that way everybody can go follow that new person that made it onto the brother's patch wall, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Christian, I don't have one in here, but Christian has uh, the patch wall uh, oh. or a patch board or whatever in his room. Mm-hmm. But he just bought a house. So he's getting ready to move in like two weeks. And, uh, but he like needs he to make one. He needs to make a studio. Yeah. He needs, oh yeah. You need, you need to get the lights and stuff, right? You got to get the guns on all the plate carriers. Like it's it's you know fun like. to do. So that strip you have, that blue one. Yeah. That's the same kind of strip I have, except mine's uh br- that bright white. So yeah. What do you want? Yeah, do you want? Yeah, I only there got you go. white. Yeah. It's white now. There you go. Yeah, but see, I like the blue. Green. Yeah, the blue is. Blue is very nice. You got red. Yeah. Uh, now you got you got the remote that does it all. Yeah. And it's just quick, easy button. It definitely lights yeah, things so up. This, this thing right here uh, that the guy I made. Love is, that. So that changes colors as well. It has that same uh, remote. Oh so really? I used to yeah. I used to be able to you know change it blue, green, or whatever. But uh, I've always liked the red in the uh, background. Mm-hmm. But um. So, but these lights I have up here, they're, they're only white. So I need to get a new one where they change like that. I like the blue a lot. They're pretty cheap on Amazon. Yeah. I know th- this one here cost me about, 
50 bucks and I got oh, what did I what did I pay for it? I think I got the 75 foot um nice grip. And all I did was I just mounted it to the underside of the entire acoustical ceiling system here. Um but yeah, it looks great. The actual like plug-in connector or whatever is hidden by the door when you walk in the room. So when you walk in the, when you walk in the room, then you have to leave the door open. You don't see any of the cords, anything like that, you know. Right. But uh, it definitely it makes for a very cool look in the in the studio. And I'm I'm actually I don't live in this ha- I don't own this house. I should say I rent this house. Yeah. And uh, my landlord's just really cool with me doing stuff whatever I want, which is awesome. That's cool. Yeah, it looks really good. I was uh, I was talking to um, oh the one that just came out the podcast that came out uh, this morning with uh, John. I love John from Full Auto Airsoft. I I just I just commented on that I think earlier today, and you saw it. Like I I've seen him on a couple of different podcasts and stuff before, and I've heard his story. Super inspirational story yeah. for starting his yeah. business. Like seriously, like oh my gosh, love that guy. Absolutely yeah, really uh, really great to talk to. I never I never heard about Full Auto Airsoft until uh me and uh, Little Miss Airsoft talk. Yep. Uh, you know, when we did the podcast and she was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then uh last week she texted me and said, Hey, uh have you ever done any uh or thought about doing a podcast with <clears throat> with uh store owners, airsoft store owners. Yeah. And uh she's like and I said, No, I don't think I've done any, you know, yet. I did reach out to uh, Airsoft Columbia uh, mm-hmm. Last year, when I first started the podcast, but uh, the guy that owns it down there was um, uh, there was some he had a death in the family, so oh. like right around then, and uh, yeah. so uh, we've never you know had a chance to reconnect mm-hmm. since then. But uh, but that would have been the only one. Hey, you're blowing up now. Maybe now's the uh, now's the chance, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't, man. Listen, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm obviously I enjoy what I'm doing. I, I love you know yeah. new people and. You know, this is really cool for me on a Friday night. Uh, you know, I'm not really going out anywhere, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like you know, you and I are hanging out, drinking, and talking about airsoft stuff. And Cheers, like, buddy. Let's talk airsoft. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> but it's been really cool. But he had John had um, the uh, when we first started. If you watch the video now, the I did. Audio, He's got the blue light audio. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So he had uh, that same lamp had those bulbs that you can, you know, connect and change. Really? And uh, yeah, I have one in, well, I used to have one in here in this light, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just like a Wi-Fi. Uh, it can, the bulb itself connects to Wi-Fi. Well, like so, it, connects, it connects to your phone almost? Yep. Like mm-hmm. that yeah, is I think cool. it's called, uh, well, I can't remember what it's called. I still have the app on my phone. But uh, so you plug it, you just plug it in, you screw it into any kind of, you know, light. John, uh, outlet. John's and giving then, me some ideas. Oh yeah. John's, I know what you John's do is you do uh, kind of like you turn the switch off, turn it on, turn it off, and then turn it on, and that'll activate it basically like in pair mode. So yeah. Your wi- you can connect it to Wi-Fi, whatever. Well, he anyway. So uh, I was like, hey, I think your camera's not focusing because that first part of the video was mm-hmm. uh, it was real blurry. Yeah. So uh, he goes, oh wait, let me change the lighting. Maybe it's too bright back there. So he turned it to blue, and it looked really cool. Yeah, something about the blue on camera looks, you know, it's kind of... It does. It it, it looks awesome. It's, uh, 
futuristic you know it's uh it's yeah, for real blue, blue is very internet you know yeah, so for right. podcasts for any sort of shows and stuff and definitely for like cool little hype videos about like the studio i have built back here that you saw earlier i was running blue lights for the entire thing there's a slight blue tint in the entire video just looks cool. i don't know why yeah, but blue, blue kind of looks like uh or i think equals digital right it looks digital yeah 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 that's that's probably the perfect way of putting it. all right uh, well you guys went to a uh, recent event or i guess yeah. you went to an event recently and uh, i think it was last week i texted you it was like hey if uh, if you want to get on and talk about it i would love to hear about it definitely definitely i can tell you about it so the event was operation outbreak at albany paintball experience tactical or ape tactical uh, hosted in Nassau, New York, which is about 10, 15 minutes out of Albany, New York, uh, just right to the east of it. Um, the field was great. Our team had a little slight hiccup. I was running as the commanding officer for that event for the JTF faction, the Joint Task Force faction. So I, I definitely put in a couple of weeks, months, if you will, of planning maps getting my squad leaders and stuff all set um my squad leaders were amazing they were comprised of several different teams that uh mobras are friends with uh deadline force vermont uh, uh oh my gosh who else uh real precise shooters blunt force airsoft new hampshire and our buddies from uh the valkyrie directive also came out to this event so we had we had squad leaders from all those teams and Everybody was on top of the ball. We coordinated everything via Discord, actually, and created, like, a group page, and we shared maps, plans, stuff like that. Any questions, I was able to answer and stuff. We actually did a video call similar to, you know, this this, this uh, podcast here where we were able to talk it out, plan everything. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that planning helped out so much when I woke up at 8 in the morning. The event started at 10 a.m., I woke up at 8 a.m. and went out to my car to start it, and my starter was dead. Mm. I didn't get to the field with the rest of the Mobros team until about 10, 15 a.m. Like, we're 15 minutes late. Like, all I did was send a quick text message to uh, one of my squad leaders, and I just told him, Hey, man, I know you've done this before for other teams. I need you to take command until I get there because I <laughs> got nothing to do. By the time I got into the field, 10.30, 10.45, right, I just rushed the chrono process, rushed getting my gear on. I'm like, you know, I get out there. Our plan was already in motion, and all the objectives that we wanted to take were already taken because of the squad leaders and because of that planning and stuff. I I was like, oh, my God. I, I hit an all-time high when I heard that on the radio. I'm just like, all right, hey, we're... Where's Alpha Squad? Oh, Alpha Squad, where you told us to go? Where are we going now? I'm like, where, where, Bravo Squad, how you doing? All quiet on Bravo Squad front. Like, what do you want? Like, geez. Oh, my gosh. It was, it, it, it worked like a well-oiled machine. I was so impressed. I mean, all these teams just coordinating together. These guys knew exactly what needed to be done, and they got it done throughout the entire event. I, uh, I literally spent the entire six hours of that event in our forward operating base, in our FOB, wow. and I just commanded from a radio. I yeah. I didn't even get to see the field, <laughs> oh my which 
which is my first time at the field. I was hoping maybe to be able to run around a little bit, maybe have to be a little hands-on. Nope. The squad leaders, these other teams, Deadline Force Vermont, Valkyrie Directive, Real Precise Shooters, like, these guys just, I, I give them an order, and they went, they did it, they accomplished it, and it's what got JTF Faction the win for the end of the event. Like, it was incredible. Just such a such a great event. Um, it was hosted by Adirondack Mountain Division Airsoft, other another team, another really good friends of ours. They're starting to do, um, or I should say, they're starting to host more Milsim type events. Yeah, and this was their first event ever that they hosted, so that's why they invited us out. They're like, "Hey, would you guys run a faction?" They had another friend of theirs run another faction. Uh, Luffy from Northern Virus, great guy. Uh, I actually got to assassinate him at the end of the oh, event, nice. which was <laughs> very fun. <laughs> was this a three-day event? No, it was actually only one day. Yeah. Um, I know, the, the photos and everything that came out, people were messaging me and the MoBros team about it and saying, hey, I didn't understand. There there was a two-day event. There was a three-day event over at, you know, like, no, one day. It was just yeah. six hours of Airsoft. but. So many teams came out to it that, you know, spread the word about how much of a great time we had. There are already people sending messages saying, well, when's Operation Outbreak 2 happening? We, I want to go to Operation Outbreak 2. Yeah, and yeah. it's, they are going to have one. They're going to have one next year. Uh, I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to have to defend my title. Um, <laughs> I don't want to give away too much information, but uh, I can tell you that, uh, well, the storyline was... Uh, the Chinese-Russian army, the CRA, were trying to ensue chaos and release a deadly disease, an outbreak, if you will, right. across this in entire you know United States. Yes, and uh, myself and the Joint Task Force, which is just a coalition of military and civilian players, got together and we held off against that CRA attack. And we were also able to find the cure for the virus to be able to create a vaccine that we could distribute to the local uh, division agents and the local civilians in this town. So we, we succeeded in doing that this year. Coming up next year, um, apparently I've been appointed president of the entire town, and my goal is everybody needs to get vaccinated. You know, like it just... I'm going to be playing Joe Biden, basically. <laughs> just, oh, God. Which is going to be hilarious. I... Cannot wait to play Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, you got to need some friendly fire, bro. <laughs> um, we, we've talked about it a, a lot. Myself, um, Call Sign Luffy from Northern Virus, and the guys from Adirondack Mountain Division who host the event, we've talked about it. Uh, there are talks of me uh, telling people that, you know, hey, if what happens if you don't get vaccinated? You go insane. You go crazy. You start thinking the government's out to get you, and then I have to murder you. Pop, pop, pop. So maybe get vaccinated. So that way I don't have to murder you like I murdered that guy. All right? Just oh, get vaccinated. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that's crazy. It's, uh, I'm really excited for next year. I think it's going to be an absolute blast of an event. Uh, I know all the teams that were there this year, they're looking forward to come back out next year as well. But, um, no, I, I had so much fun. We were, even though I was in the FOB the whole time, I didn't get to see any of the field. I was defending our operating base from just an onslaught of enemy attacks. 
there was a third party team as well known as the division agents. Sometimes they helped us, sometimes they didn't help us, right? Kind of like your local civilian team, you don't know whether or not you can trust them. Uh, eventually I just said, fuck it, I'm not trusting them, so I kidnapped one of them. And I held him. I held him hostage for about an hour and a half. Oh shit! A good, a good friend of mine. So he was. Oh jeez, dropping stuff. Uh, good friend of mine. He didn't mind being held captive, but right. you know, we definitely, uh, we definitely gave him a good ribbing. Uh, at one point, his, the local friends of his, the division agent friends, tried to attack our fob to rescue him. So we decided to tie him to a tree in the middle of the attack. <laughs> in just the hopes that a stray BB might strike him, you know, because I'm I'm smart and evil like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh god, my that's gosh. funny, dude. No, held held off against their attack. You know, eventually they uh, they gave up. They hightailed it out of there. Real precise shooters moved in with their squad to help wipe them out and push them back. Like the, the communication through the day with myself and the other squads of what was going on, it was just miraculous like such a fun event yeah. yeah now how far of a drive is that for you guys albany i i live in manchester new hampshire um some of our guys live up in maine some of our guys live in massachusetts yeah. uh for me personally it was about a three-hour drive uh i think the max drive time for our guys up in maine who are the furthest from the field was about five hours i want to say yeah, yeah. But five hours for one day of airsoft, two nights in a hotel room. I mean, it's a bonding experience for us, right, you know? For sure. Like, so did yeah. you guys get a hotel and stay over and all that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. two hotel rooms, actually. But, uh, no, we hung out. We got there to the town of uh, Troy, New York, around, I think, about, like, 4 or 5 o'clock at night on Friday. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, we left Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah. 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 But it was, it's always fun, you know, getting together with your team, hanging out with your bros. Like, right. that's, that's what we did all weekend. You know, we got dinner together, hung out with a bunch of other teams throughout the day. I was eventually able to get my car fixed, which was good. Nice. I mean, so I could drive it home. I mean, I was, I was in a sniper tower, you know, in our Ford operating base. Barking out orders on the radio while taking incoming fire. And then my cell phone rings. Oh, so we might be able to fix your car. It's going to be about, you know, $800, yada, yada. I'm like, damn. I'm like, hang on a sec. What was that? Dude. Dude. Yeah, it was crazy. I was going to say, okay. smack that starter with the uh, with a hammer and screwdriver. That usually gets him going. <laughs> Tried it. Didn't work. Uh, we actually had to tow it from the hotel parking lot about maybe about a mile down the road to a uh, mechanic, which they – that mechanic, I won't say their name because I don't like to yeah. bash businesses, but they they totally screwed me. They charged me like $12 for a spark plug. Like, well, that's pretty. That's pretty normal. Twelve dollars for a spark plug. I've seen them oh, for yeah. two. Oh yeah, I used to sell. Uh, well, not sell. I used to deliver auto parts uh, way back when I first got out of the military. Yeah. And, uh, so I saw what they paid, and I saw what the retail price was, and uh, it's a very big markup. Yeah. 
Yeah, they uh, they marked the hell out of me. All said and done, fixing my car costs about a thousand dollars. All said and done, which I didn't plan to spend a thousand dollars going to this event. But uh, For sure. you know what? I it was, that aside, it was an amazing weekend. A lot of fun with a lot of great teams. Um, I had to skip a skirmish this month because of you know paying for the car and everything. But uh, we are even more excited now to hit not the same field, but another field in New York uh, this April for Grimnir Tactical, which that game is looking to be a lot of fun. That is going to be a two-day event um, hosted at Zulu 24, which is the Milson field out oh, yeah. in New York. Yeah. Didn't they just uh, – I think I just saw a post that uh, they were supposed to have at that location, supposed to have something this weekend, and they're not? Is that – Zulu twenty four. They um, somebody just posted something where uh, they just had to reschedule something. I don't know. Reschedule. I know that the same weekend as the Scrimmier Tactical event, Lion Claws originally had an event planned for that weekend, but they ended up rescheduling theirs. That was about like a month or so ago. I think they rescheduled it, but. Yeah. No, I didn't hear anything. You know was, um, let me, because uh, I hate getting this shit wrong, but uh, <laughs> I know who uh, I know who posted it. It was. Uh, oh, you do. Pull his name up. Uh, we gotta figure it out. Yeah. Let me see here. It was. We will not be at Zulu Twenty Four this weekend. Oh no. Okay. So maybe. Somebody was saying that they're not going to be at Zulu 24. Uh, Zulu 24. No, it says, attention players, due to FTX broadsword, Zulu 24 will be closed Saturday, April 9th. We will move yep. the spring flea market to the following weekend. So, yes, I do see that. I don't know uh, what that is. Is uh, FTX Broadsword so, a, uh, an event? It is an event. Um, FTX Broadsword, it, it's not a Zulu event, but it's a it's an event that they're selling tickets for for players to go to. It's a limited access kind of event that's hosted at a military training facility in New York. It's kind of all hush-hush until after you buy your ticket. Nice. Um and a lot of the Zulu 24 staff actually go and attend that event. I know Dave himself, the guy who owns Zulu 24, he's he goes to that event and he plays. He actually plays a lot of his own events, actually, on his field. He's yeah. a great guy. Um, to talk to that guy. You should talk to that, that guy. Dave is awesome. I, I've met him on several different occasions attending his field for some of these larger events and stuff. I wish... I wish I lived closer to his field so I could go there like every weekend for a skirmish or something, but it's about four hours away from me. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Four hours away from me. It's a, that's, that's a bit of a drive for, you know, to play for six hours for the day, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a couple day, you know, trip for if you're going to play all day and then have to drive back home, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's usually why me and and the entire team, whenever we go out there, it's usually for something that's like two days or a really big one day event that we'll get a hotel room for or something like that or camp out on the field, that sort of thing. Right. But uh, yeah, no, Zulu, they host some pretty awesome events. Um, 
I'm sure you saw you saw the video on our YouTube page of our guys flying around in helicopters and stuff. Yes. That was at the Zulu 24 field for okay. their game called Operation Blood Diamond. Uh, tickets went on sale, I think, for... I think it was like $40, $45 for an event ticket. And then you paid 60 bucks. You can ride for 10 minutes in the helicopter. Holy shit, that's cheap. We had members of the MoBros team pay for like three or four rides. Yeah, for They're sure. just like... You're like, screw it. I want to be in the helicopter all damn day. And I'm like, do it. That's what you want to do. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was 100 plus, maybe 130, I think, extra to uh, ride the helicopter at GTI for the Starbreaker really? event. Um, yeah, so the guys usually don't, you know, usually do it. Well, our guys, my two sons, you know, yeah. they're 6'1 and uh, 320 pounds without gear on. So yeah. They're over the weight limit with all their stuff on, or pretty damn close to it for the helicopter mm-hmm. ride. So now JP, he could do it, but uh, he don't want to go on there by himself. So, or with other team, you know, with a different team. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they don't usually do it, but yeah, it's a it's you know sixty bucks for the uh, helicopter ride is pretty damn cheap. Takes sixty bucks for like yeah. ten minutes up in the air, and you, all you're doing is just strafing runs back and forth like you saw in our video like right. the guys in the chopper they kind of ran the same route back and forth back and forth like yep. we have uh yeah like 30 40 minutes of footage of just our guys riding in the helicopter it was awesome um and on top of that while our guys were running in the helicopter uh i only paid for one ticket myself and then after that i just packed up my stuff got myself back on the field so i could actually wear my gopro while they're wearing their GoPros in the helicopter, and I could see them doing their strafing runs and stuff, I caught all that on camera and was able to put that on the video, which was absolutely awesome. Like it, oh yeah, really for some really good cool footage. They're going to have that event. They're going to have that event again this year. Uh, Zulu Twenty Four is going to host it in October. I think it's, I think it's October fifteenth, somewhere around then. But uh, it, it should be posted on their website. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have the helicopter again, but I have a good feeling they will. Uh, well, the field itself is located right next to the Newburgh Airport, which is 10 minutes down the road from the field. So, And there's a bunch of like helicopter rental companies and stuff like that that you could hire to just come to the field, tell them, hey, how much do my players have to pay to ride around the chopper? Like. We're going to put a rule out here on the field. Nobody shoot at the chopper. You know, it'll be totally safe. Like, and when I was there on the ground, everybody was adhering to that rule. Like, if people saw the chopper coming by, like, they ducked for cover. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. They they understood that, you know, hey, if you see the chopper, do not shoot at it. Don't throw anything at it. If If a ref or people call you out and say, hey, I saw this guy doing it, you just got immediately ejected from the event, you know? Yep. Which is how you got to do it, but oh, you have to. Yeah, you can't have one, even one mistake like that where uh, somebody goes full auto on the helicopter. And uh, you know, we had uh, at this last one I went to uh, this past weekend at Stobaker, they had uh, the helicopter doing Friday night, the night game. They had to do it runs, doing runs, and I guess the uh, nobody was allowed to use camera with flash or flashlights or even people where we were uh camped uh off the field 
but you know, it was a huge area that, you know, all those uh, tents and everybody had their trucks and everything up there. Uh, people would turn their headlights on and an admin would come down and start yelling, like, turn your lights off because the guy was flying with the uh, NVGs uh, because it was totally wow. blacked out. He didn't have a spotlight, no nothing. Like it, you could not see the chopper except for that little blink of the red light. And uh, it was badass, bro. Like really, really cool. That sounds that sounds absolutely epic. Like I can't. Oh man. No, I've been watching a lot of footage from the Stonebreaker event. And yeah. I'm, I've been kicking myself recently. I'm like, damn, I should have gone to that one. That that one looks oh, it looks so awesome. Uh, it looks like you guys had an awesome time too there. But I've been seeing a lot of other teams, a lot of other friends and stuff of ours that went there. Uh, the Tryhards from Florida, they made all their their way all the way up to that event. Yeah, uh, follow them on Instagram, actually. Oh yeah, you should you should have him on for a podcast. Uh, Laz, yeah, for sure. Great guy. Great guy. I used to. He actually used to live up in the New Hampshire area where I'm from. Me and him oh, used to play a lot of airsoft together. That's how, how I know him actually. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> but, know, um, so I met. Uh, so one of the guys that I follow on Instagram, Tonka, is his yeah. uh, call sign Tonka. And uh, I didn't even know he was going to this event. He lives in Florida. So on our way there, you know, it's two and a half hour drive from where we're at. Yeah. And um, on our way there, I'm posting stuff on Instagram, whatever. And uh, he sends me a message saying that he's on his way there as well. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, shit, dude, we're going to have to hook up. You know, I want to get a picture with you. So uh, because we've, you know, been chatting we were actually supposed to do a podcast together uh, like a month ago. And um, he had a death in his family as well. Wow. Uh, one of his really good friends yeah. uh, was killed by in a car accident, whatever. And uh, so anyway, we got, yeah, yeah, kind of a weird story, to be honest. But uh, he wasn't in a car. He got hit by a yeah. car. And, uh, but anyway, so uh, I was like, bro, we got we to gotta hook up. So mm -hmm. he uh, – so he, he wasn't getting there until later, like Friday night or evening. We got there Friday afternoon. We got everything set up. Well, I see on his Instagram a video of him standing where he's parked, going like this of the field or, you know, where the campsite yeah. with the building. And, uh, and I was like, bro, that's like right next to us. So I start, I get up and I, we're at our tent, you know, and we're sitting here drinking and talking and stuff. Yeah. So I get up and start looking around. I'm like, and he showed his truck as well. He had a red pickup truck. And I said, Oh my God, it was literally like caddy corner to us, you know, 50 feet away. So, uh, so I went over there and there's like 30 guys, you know, around yeah. his team and everything. And, uh, and I said, Hey, uh, is Tonka around here? And they were like, yep, he's right over here. But it was so cool to meet up with somebody, you know, because yeah, it was my first yeah. uh, big event, you know. Uh, it was really cool to meet up with somebody that I've been chatting with uh, online face-to-face, you, know, -face, you know. It was really cool. But he's got a YouTube – or I don't know if he has a YouTube channel. He posts a lot of his videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. got, he wears a GoPro. He's got a ton of videos of him running and gunning uh, on that, you know – on that field, but he was on the opposite team as our guys. So he was on green team. We were on tan. So, and green team actually had a lot more players than uh, tan did on this one, but tan won. 
because they knew how to take objectives. And hold them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, that's, he posted that's so a funny that you're, you're able to meet him and stuff. It, yeah. So when we went to the the helicopter event, uh, mm-hmm. Operation Blood Diamond at Zulu Twenty Four. Uh, at one point, I, I had to go like refill ammo or, or get some water or something like that. So I ran back to the car, and as I'm at the car, I get an alert on my phone. Right, Task Force Podcast is now doing an Instagram live stream with Five Burrows Tactical, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy! So I, I hop on, I hop on Instagram real quick, and I'm watching for a bit. And as I'm watching, as I'm watching, like Five Burrows Tactical, I've been their team out of like New York City. Right, and they they do some speed QB games, but they also do a lot of Milson stuff. And Five Burrows, I've been following them for a while, and I'm watching them on this Instagram live, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, is that you?" <laughs> I ended up just walking right over and being like, "Yo, dude, hey, you are on the live with Task Force podcast." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I just, he hangs up the phone on him. I'm like. Well, that's a little rude. So I call Task Force Podcast on the Instagram Live, and I get on the live with them, and together, you know, we're you know doing the selfie Shit. thing. Oh, I didn't even see yeah. that, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think Task Force or anybody posted it because you can do an Instagram Live and not post it if you choose to. But oh, okay. uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Like a lot of people just just post it. Some people don't. I don't know why. But um, yeah, no, it was yeah. <laughs> it was a really fun I'm, moment. I'm on an Instagram Live, so I'm not sure how it works. Well, you should like, do. I one. haven't started one. I've been on somebody's, but I haven't started one. You should definitely start one, man. It's yeah. it, so literally what happens is you, you start your Instagram live, and anybody who's also on Instagram can just tune in, and they're watching. So and they, when you uh, when you're done, how do you uh, does it give you option to like save mm-hmm. to post or story or some shit or something? So it gives you the option to either post it to your Instagram account, or you can just delete it gotcha it's either one option or the other most oh, okay. people choose to post it uh some people will choose to delete it it's you know well you know that's how i found uh, uh austin from blue mag airsoft was the uh live stream <laughs> with uh that he did with radar admin airsoft and peanut because yeah. i kn- i didn't know any of those guys not i didn't know any of them i knew uh no. admin airsoft because i had just done a podcast with him yeah i watched that I one yeah, like two weeks before mm-hmm. that live stream. Well, then I got that notification, you know, uh, somebody went live. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Adam, you know, Evan's going live. I was like, oh, let me check it out. I don't know. Whatever. That was yeah. a very – I remember re-watching that one. That was a yeah. very informative uh, Instagram live video. You have to learn a lot about the Blue Mag guys. They're doing some really great stuff, I have to say. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, watched, I watched your podcast with him as well. Very informative. I, apparently, he's like booked up like every weekend or something like that with an airsoft event. From what I've seen, yeah. you know. Well, but, it's like uh, uh, it, you know, it's the same kind of story as like what uh, John was talking about, where yeah. every weekend he's packing up, he's got to go, you know, to these events or the the yeah. fields and meet up with people and you know promote the brand or whatever. So that yeah. uh, I mean, you know, you could do it online, but it's not the same. Uh, especially when you have, if you're trying to sell to store owners, you know, that have stores, brick and mortars, yeah. that, um, you know, Hey, here's my product, you know, cause you like, you represent your business and your product. Oh, yeah. 
So you go and meet the person. At, you know, you know how it is. You're in sales, you know, or or well, maybe not no, sales, but you. Been estimating, but yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. I'm representing my company with every time I send out a bid to a general contractor and stuff right. like that. You know, it, it's like my my name is on the company at that point, right? So if people don't like me, they're not going to like my product. It's exactly that. You know, it's it's the same reason why you know like. When I go out to an airsoft field and stuff like that, people associate me with Bobro's airsoft. Well, I, I might be the team leader, but my actions and stuff speak for the team. You know, absolutely. And I mean, if you're if you're doing stupid stuff, like people are gonna be like, "Oh, Mobros are doing stupid stuff." You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, no, I like I like what Blue Mag's doing. I think they're doing some cool cool stuff. I've heard that they're trying to make a field and stuff like that, which sounds pretty awesome. I, I know he's trying to get distribution and get the machines and stuff up and running in the uh, United States. That's a that's a huge goal. I mean those those machines and stuff, those are not cheap. Did you ever watch um I'm I'm sure you've heard Norovich, right? Or Novrich? Novrich, yeah. Yeah, Novrich. So he act, when he created his BB line back in like 2016, he actually posted a video back in 2016 explaining how BBs are manufactured and stuff like that. And he actually, wow. yeah, he actually, I'll, I'll have to send you the link after this, dude. It's a really great video. And it goes through the process of how like the BBs are stamped and molded and made and how it goes through a quality assurance, you know, process and stuff. And I'm looking at these machines because I, I have a background. I, I went to school for mechanical engineering and I'm looking at all these machines and I'm like, man, that's got to cost a pretty penny. It, it, it has to e each one of the machines for like 25 years, uh, all around those kind of machines, you know, die casting, you know, with aluminum. And then the last 15 years here has mm -hmm. all been plastics. So yep. extrusion, thermoforming, all that kind of stuff, you know, and then, uh, injection molds. But, uh, so yeah, that's, yeah, they're not cheap. They are not cheap at all. So, like, I'm, I'm, man. But to be able to be able to bring those machines and bring them stateside and be able to create a product like that, that's man. You gotta have some capital to it's do that. Big, it's a big process. <laughs> and then, you know, typically what these guys do. Well, most of the factories I worked in, mm -hmm. uh, the actual company doesn't own anything. They don't even own the building. They lease everything. Really? And uh, yeah. So this has been going on for quite a few years uh, in, in manufacturing because of the uncertainty with uh, manufacturing in America, you know, with everything moving uh, overseas. So uh, these companies would not buy the land, would not buy the, the building. Uh, somebody else would have the, you know, investors or whatever, whoever they work with would have the building built. Uh, they lease everything in the in everything inside the building is leased all the prints die cast machines or uh that i used to work on and then uh all these plastic extrusion machines and they'll lease them and they get you know a lot of them are really old right mm -hmm. so the ones that i was working on just a few years ago before i got sick was like they were like from the 80s you know these uh thermoforming yeah. machines were from the <laughs> 80s and uh so we would have techs come in from France or, you know, somewhere here in the States and, uh, to work on them. And they said, uh, and we were like, Hey, is there a feature where you can do this? You know, because this has been a big problem in this machine, you know, we're just asking, you know, and, uh, they're like, yep. And I'm like, well, and he's like, bro, your, your machine's like 1982. I'm like, holy shit. 
<laughs> I said, okay, I got it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there's a, you know, it's a big process, but they, you know, you figure out, I mean, most of those machines run like nonstop. Once you get the process yeah. down, you know, and plastics, I'm not sure how BBs are made. I'll have to watch that because I'm really interested because I worked on a lot of these. It's, you know, I I was it's really cool. It's, it's, kind of made how like you think it would make be made right so like there's there's a droplet machine that fills up like a little droplet of each individual beam material right and then they go ahead and they compress it and then it comes, and it comes out looking like uh like a sheet right yep. like a sheet of something and then they stamp all the bbs out then they have thermoforming yeah yeah, and then they have to polish all of them, right. and then all the babies have to go through quality control. And the quality control is, you know, uh, they, they feed them all through a bunch of tubes. The finished product actually makes it through the tubes. The unfinished product, whether it be uh, too big, too small, or not the correct weight, will drop down into a discard bin to be recycled material and go through the process again. Yeah, right? They get melted down and go back in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's thermal. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I did for quite a few years. Uh, and I did those, I, I was a process tech, so I figured out those problems oh, wow, yeah. to try to make the sheet run better or mm -hmm. yeah. Plastic. When I worked in uh die cast, yeah. aluminum die casting, uh, man, that shit ran like a very well oiled machine. Like, yeah. um, the way they had the process set up, aluminum is, is not really, um, susceptible to, you know, outside temperature as much. Yeah. Uh, and it was injection molded. But uh, these thermoforming, the uh, it's a big sheet of plastic, you know, that comes mm -hmm. out of an extruder, and uh, there's so many temperature changes, there's so many variables that affect the sheet before it actually gets into the mold, mm -hmm. that uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that go wrong in between there, yeah. and yeah. of course there's a lot of sometimes there's a lot of uh, mix of uh, material. You know, so you have a lot of different, you know, 12, 24 different hoppers mixing all kind of with the color and the whatever. So, yeah, it's uh, when I started learning that, I was like, holy crap, man, this is a, uh, there's a lot to go into this process. Yeah. You know? No, I used to work for a company called North Country Engineering. Um, right when I got out of like college, I, I went to go do their, they, I did CNC machinery for oh yeah almost, almost a full year. Uh, the comp the company made all sorts of small little CNC aluminum parts, metal parts, and but their biggest manufacturer was, uh, they would work for another company in Vermont that uh, distributed used Ukrainian firearms. I know, like crazy, like with Ukrainian stuff going on, but this yeah, is right? this is back in like, gosh, like 2015, 2014. Um, so b basically, the way the way it worked was, uh. Romania and Ukraine would export AK-47 rifles to this company in Vermont. The company in Vermont would take them and ship them to my company, the engineering one. And when we got these AK-47s in, they were all single-stack mags, right? Which, according to the ATF at the time, you could not sell an AK-47 with a single-stack mag. You had to sell it with several different American-made parts on it. It couldn't be all Russian parts and all whatever. So... Dumb rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I was, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. I'm just working the job, working the machine, man. You know? mm -hmm. but my job on a day-to-day -day basis, um, I was given, like, the core of 
an AK-47. You know what? Let me grab one down here. I'll show it to you. So I grab an AK-47, right? There'd be no magazine in it. I'd have no buttstock, no hand grip. Pretty much all I'd have is the barrel assembly and the internal mechanism assembly with all the guts taken out of it, right? Oh, wow. So it was my job every day to go ahead, pull the top pin off, pull all the gut, guts out of the gun, make sure it's bare bones, and I would put the gun into the CNC machine, right? Make sure that the program was set, make sure everything was centered so I could CNC the inner magwell of this to make it from taking a single stack magazine to a double stack magpole style magazine for an AK-47. Huh. And then once it got out of the machine, deburr it, go ahead, put the entire thing back together, put it on a pallet, and grab another gun. I'd touch 190 guns a day. Yeah, I believe it. You know, just going through the motions, but... Nothing, nothing was more satisfying than disassembling these things, you know, taking all the internals out of it, putting it all back together, and then racking the bolt and put it on the pallet. <laughs> like, racking the bolt, put it on the pallet. Rack oh, the yeah. bolt. Like, that's, that's the most satisfying part every day, even with the airsoft guns nowadays. Like, For sure. Everybody wants to rack the bolt, right? I mean, that's... You got... In that job, you got your boss coming in that's, you know, or a supervisor that's a, a real jerk, you know, like the, like the boss in uh, office space. Yes. Uh, comes walking in like, yeah, uh, Maddie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, and he starts to tell you something. You just start racking a bolt like over yeah, and over and over. Racket. Like, uh, what? I can't hear you. No, that was a fun job. Uh, definitely taught me a lot about firearms and stuff like that. But uh, not really satisfying. Just really, really crazy. What, what ended up happening, though, was uh, I ended up losing that job, unfortunately. Yeah. Because there were there were import restrictions on the AK forty sevens because they were coming from Romania. So I guess there was some sort of like import ban or something like that the United States government put into place. And because they put that into place, the company that was hiring us to do the modifications wasn't hiring us to do the modifications anymore. Right. And then, you know, I about 70% of that company got laid off, unfortunately, and I was part of it. Uh, yeah, just unfortunate. But, you know, that thing, for sure. that sort of stuff happens, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. can't do much about it. Yeah. I was fortunate enough, most of the, uh, <clears throat> as far as manufacturing goes, most of the um, places I worked were pretty uh, diversified in the parts that they made. Mm -hmm. And um, so we never, whenever there was a dip or, you know, fluctuations in the market. Uh, they always had another product that we made that kind of... Oh, good, good. Even, you know, so... Now, the, like, only, uh, the only other product that this company manufactured, which I touched upon a couple of times myself, most of the time I was, I was touching the guns every day, yeah. but uh, eventually they put me on a couple of machines and I was CNCing parts for... Uh, nuclear reactor piping so i i don't fully understand what i was making it was like it was some form of a cylinder right 
It had several different holes drilled in several different locations and going off which way. And the way that the quality insurance inspector was explaining it to me, he's, he's like, all right, so this hole right here, this is where the boron gas goes through. This hole right here is where the hydrogen gas goes through. This hole right here, I'm like, wait a minute. So, like, the gas is split up depending on the holes that I I don't fully understand it till today. I don't either. But I don't know. It was it was a cool part. It was a cool part to design, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun, you know? <laughs> yeah, when I uh... – when I was doing the uh, aluminum die casting, I worked yeah. a lot with the uh, CNC machiners, you know, machinists. And I did, a, I did that part for like a month before mm -hmm. I uh, bid on another job where I ran machines. And then I was in a uh, setup and kind of like process and everything on that. But yeah. uh, it was, I loved uh, watching those machines work because uh, I don't know, there's something sat, you know, and I was fresh. So, you know, if I do 900 parts, I'm not going to like watching anymore. But when I first would, uh, you know, set it in there, get it all centered, set it up, close the, the door, hit the button, yeah. the thing just sitting there, you know, milling out all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. You know, this is yeah. back, uh, this was 90. I did the same, I did the same thing watching those guns, man. You close the door, you hit that yeah. button. And then I'm supposed, I know I'm supposed to be deburring this rifle, but I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, man. I, it's just something. Well, even now, I mean, on YouTube, you see those videos. Some of those videos have, you know, 70 million views that are, uh, you know, the, the etching ones or the lathe yep. or, you know, uh, a CNC type of thing, you know, where you watch that. It's, uh, I don't know, there's something about it that we want to see that finished thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. People want to see yeah. the finished product and see how amazing it looks afterwards, you know? Yeah. No, it's... uh. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, that's uh that's gotta be a crazy uh you know experience with I, I honestly I didn't know Novrich made his own BBs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought he was just labeling them. You know, I didn't know he actually well, went through the process to get it started. He he's he doesn't own the manufacturing company by any means, but he did start and he did work with the manufacturing company to have them have them create higher weight BBs, which as far as I'm concerned right now, Novrich is the only one that creates high weight BBs, like 0.46 gram, 0.40 gram, like stuff like that, that are obviously made for snipers because that's what he does. Right. But um, from seeing a lot of the blue mag content, that's a market that I know Austin is trying to move in on and actually kind of expand upon it here on the West coast or yeah. here, you know, on the Western hemisphere. Uh, you know, there's it, a, there's definitely a market. I, yeah. There's a market for it for sure. And I wonder if there's going to be, um, you know, some kind of changes coming through in the next few years with, uh, with the higher weight BBs on fields, because, hmm. you know, airsoft, uh, you know, mill sims getting more popular. They're getting more players out there. I mean, this last event we went to was 700 players. Oh yeah. I'm not sure how many there were last year. Of course you can't really base it on the last two years because of COVID and everything. Shut yeah. Down, whatever. But yeah. the, um, you know, uh, I was talking to the, the, the podcast I did with, uh, Woodland Warriors, the guy in, mm -hmm. uh, his name's Chris in, uh, Netherlands. He said that their fields, uh, they, well, in Netherlands, they have a part of their government that is actually 
kind of slated over Airsoft. So they have inspectors that go and check on, you know, and test whatever. So they'll test the ground, make sure there's no harmful things happening with all these BBs. Well, I guess the heavier weight BBs have heavy metals in them uh, in their process, and that's why they're heavier. Uh, and so some kind of uh, harmful metals that are getting into the soil. I'm not sure. He told me what they were. Metal. Uh, that's, that's... I have to go back and listen to that podcast again because I can't remember what he said. But uh, it made sense uh, when he was telling me because, uh, of course, being in that field uh, most of my life with uh, manufacturing, oh. uh, especially with uh, you know plastics, I know a natural thing that happens. Like uh, if you color plastic with uh, – if you use the um, – uh, the resin, uh, white, mm-hmm. white resin is for whatever it's made of is very, very dense. So when you put that into a product like white cups or like, have you seen the, uh, uh, milk jugs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot heavier plastic because of the, the coloring. But, um, anyway, he was talking about how they shut some of the fields down to do these inspections on the, on the soil because mm-hmm. of these heavy metals in the, uh, heavier BBs. So, they put out a blanket rule across the board that uh, you could not shoot any BBs over 0.20. Wow. And this, and he was like, and I started laughing when he said that. I said, so what did the snipers do? Like their BBs were going to the sky. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, he said, yeah, they, uh, he said they did leave it up to uh, individual fields to make that choice. But, with a stipulation that if they come back and inspect the soil and if the heavy metals or, you know, whatever the, you know, if it's harmful to a point, then they have to come in and excavate this whole thing, like clean up the soil. And it's like 500 grand for this process. So it'll basically shut the field down Uh, area off. Um, So anyway, I wonder if that's going to affect, you know, manufacturing here soon. I mean, if manufacturing of BBs and stuff takes off in the United States, maybe that's something that the EPA might hop on. But right. as far as like fields and stuff getting shut down, the only thing I've ever really seen or heard of like fields having issues is more so related to the types of, you know, bunkers and stuff like that that they have on the field and them deteriorating over time. Uh-huh. Uh there are there are fields here up in the northeast that have like really old beaten up cars and stuff just sitting on the field yep and they've been sitting there for the past 10 years if not more they still have gasoline and oil in them they still have all those liquids and stuff in them right. i mean do, i only know this because i know i know the field owners they literally they were the ones who parked that car there i mean yeah. <laughs> it has there. like yeah. They parked it there, threw away the key. People have been beaten on the windshield and stuff like that. Like, it's not great. And when you have, like, a local stream or a wetland or something like that nearby, the towns crack down hard on that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I'll tell you they, right now, uh, I'm not sure if this, you know, this is, uh, you know, if somebody's already been doing this or whatever when they were, whenever they have these uh, vehicles on the field. But uh, if they plan on just leaving them there, you know, as cover yeah. or whatever for a long time, years, they could 
take that motor out, that whole, take the whole guts out. Yes, they could sell it because there are so many people online looking for uh, used motors. Unfortunately, there are field owners up here in the New England area that just don't do that. Yeah. They're just like, no, I, I pushed the car there. I don't want to take the motor out. I don't care about it. And yeah, well, they're I'm saying it, it could be. I, I know they don't want to do the work, but they could make some money out of it if they do. No, that. definitely. They definitely yeah. could. I mean, yeah. it, and I work, obviously, but and I'm more than anybody know several of their, you know, players and stuff like that are always willing to donate time and effort to be able to help fields and right. do things right. like that, especially if it's going to increase, you know, profit that goes back into the field to building things better and making better games and stuff for those regular players. Right. So, but there are some fields up here that are just like, nope, I don't care. I don't, you know, I, I went to a field recently, actually um, up here in new England. I don't really want to say, where or whatever because but people that know where i went they know where i went um and i talked to one of the field owners and he was telling me yeah this is a trash field you can play for free i'm like what he's just like yeah i appreciate you and your team coming up here i hope you guys make a video or something but our field is absolute trash you can play for free for the day as in trash, like uh, like he was like, talking about his own field. He said that it's, it's not a good field, like the way not, it's set up or something. Yeah, he said the way that it's set up is not good. He says the players that we have here are not good players. He's, he's like he, he does not happy about the process. He's not happy about the gameplay. He's not happy with anything. He's like honestly, this field's on its last leg. We're pro- I'm probably going to go start my own field somewhere else, maybe a couple miles down the road on another plot of land. But you know. He's not happy with the current field at that time. It's really disappointing to go to a place like that and hear something yeah. like that. Like, well, especially in airsoft, because uh, I feel like, uh, I, well, my experience since yeah. I started, you know, kind of getting exposed to this has been like ninety nine point nine percent of the people I've met in mm-hmm. airsoft has uh you know have been uh very passionate about the sport itself. Now, I understand. Um, listen, I had. You know, I've had jobs where I got burned out. Yeah, uh, it it is very discouraging. I I, I get it, uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine you know owning a like a field or whatever that's uh, where maybe one you know maybe that guy or mm-hmm. uh, you know I know it happened to a lot of guys in uh, in Ohio uh, when I was playing paintball. As paintball started kind of losing, you know, interest or people started losing interest in it uh, in the area I was in. It, uh, you know, it'd be less and less people at the field. Uh, people wanted to, you know, they weren't going to spend the same amount on a gun that they would normally. So, or, you know, five years before and, uh, and these field owners get burned out. Like they're, they're discouraged, uh, burnout. Like, I don't know what else to do. Um, but that was back then. I, I feel like nowadays and, and they, I think they still could have done something back then. I mean, you know, still have an option. You um, always have, have an option as a field like, owner. Like, energy it, it, and drive. But like now, you got social media, bro. Like if you're halfway decent or, or know somebody that's halfway decent at creating some little 10-second short video that is badass, creates a ten, you know, grabs attention, uh, you know, to, to advertise, uh, you could spend very little and get a huge return on it. I know when we started our channel, I know so many people asked me like, man, your channel blew up. 
you know, subs or whatever, YouTube. And I'm like, the SEO on our website, maybe that's part of it. But also, I, I forgot about this. We used to, uh, when you were allowed to, mm-hmm. uh, every, like, uh, consistently throughout the month, maybe two times a month, sometimes three times a month, but definitely one time a month for sure, the first year, we would buy Facebook ads to promote our channel yep. from the business, you know, Trifecta Airsoft page that I made on YouTube or on uh, Facebook rather. So, uh, you could create an ad, you know, cause I set up the Facebook. Well, you, you, know could, you could, I, I know, I know how to do it. I, yep. I did a couple of those ads and stuff for our team and whatnot to get yep. some of our videos and stuff out there. And, you know, it, it definitely got you viewers and stuff, but once you stopped paying, was- yeah. But what, what I found is once you stopped yep. paying for it, Oh yeah. That's when it just all, Stop. Well, we, we did it consistently every month. It was, yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Once you stop, it, it stops. And that, you know, that's uh, that's pretty typical for any business anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that old saying, out of sight, out of mind. If you yeah. went, uh, yeah. you know, if we went a year without ever seeing a Coca-Cola commercial somewhere or <laughs> a, uh, you know, or a, a medical, you know, pharmaceutical commercial somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that, those, it's always in your face, you know, it's always there. We have short attention spans, but the, um, we used to do that all the time until they changed their, uh, they, they don't allow it anymore. So yeah. for airsoft, but, uh, but anyway, that was a big thing. You know, if you had a field and if you found a venue that you could, you know, pay for an ad, uh, I think Google AdSense, if you have a YouTube channel, that's where it's attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once your channel gets monetized, you have a Google AdSense account uh, that's attached. That's how you get paid through uh, YouTube. I think they still allow uh, Airsoft or, you know, ads through there. I don't think that's been blocked yet. Airsoft I'm going to do a test on that. I'm going to do a test on that. Because mm-hmm. you can buy ads through AdSense now. Yeah. 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 Now I've thought I've thought about that though do, doing the monetization thing on YouTube like as a content creator, um, and just the more I think about it, the more I kind of get turned off by it. Really? And the only well, the only reason is because I don't I don't create videos and stuff to make money off of it. Right. I I do it for fun, and because I do it for fun, that means you know people might be waiting. You know, hey, when's the next Mobros video dropping, Matty Mo? Like, come on, get on it. I'm not making money off this. I don't ever have to post a video ever again if I don't want to. Right. But once I am making money off of it, then it becomes a requirement. Then it becomes something that I actually have to dedicate myself to because I'm relying on payment, you know? And it's a second source of income at that point. And me knowing the person that I am, I just... I'd have to just dive into it. So I think that's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the main reason why I, I don't create too many videos anymore. I mean, I think the last one I made was January. Where, where are we? We're in April now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been three months. I mean, I, I have some new footage. I've played with a couple of things, but I haven't really found anything that I'm really excited to release yet. You know, right. I mean, the most recent video was the one that you saw earlier today. You know, the the footage of the studio and stuff. It was a quick TikTok video that yep. that looked really cool. I was really excited for it, so I released that. But 
No, I haven't really seen or collected enough footage yet of this year of myself or our team that I'm like, right. man, I gotta, I gotta show this to people, you know. <laughs> well, we uh, we started. That was uh, you know, we wanted to get monetized. Uh, like I said, that my goal was to get to where we could use the videos to fund the airsoft like mystery boxes and kind of, you know, it would self-sustain. No, and that, that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course I was looking for a way to make money because I wouldn't sign up for, you know, apply for a disability because I, yeah, yeah. I was too stubborn, you know? So, I mean, most people would be, you know, most, yeah. most, especially got, you know, like, Hey, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to find another way. Um, yeah. but yeah. yeah, that was, uh, that was my hope uh, in the beginning. I thought, you know, we were really excited. Well, we were excited about well, these guys were excited about the sport. I was excited about, you know, learning something new and giving me a purpose, uh, yeah. you know, here. But yeah, the, uh, the ad thing is, uh, you know, with Google AdSense or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. these, you know, going back to what we were talking about, those uh, field owners yeah. that are kind of burned out. I mean, yeah, yeah. always a way to kind of do things. I know it takes some work, but, like what this guy was talking about, it takes a lot more work to buy another plot of land, build a field or yeah. buy a field. Uh, like nothing is going to be easy, you know, whichever way you go, you either work with what you got and start building it up, you know, but yeah. that attitude that he had when you got there, like our field's trash, like, bro, if so, exactly. necessary, you don't believe in it, I'm I, not going to believe in it. <laughs> dude, I, I played, I played one round that day and I'm just like, uh, kind of hurt my ankle a little bit. Oh, just not. I, well, I could if I wanted to. I could have kept playing. Well, sure. But I was just like, he he even said his field was trash. I guess I'll just. I just hung out for the rest of the day in the parking lot. Vibes. There are those vibes, bro. Yeah, just and that's morale. Exactly, and that's what that's what our team does. Is like when we go to fields and stuff. Like we try to bring those positive vibes. This is the first time I went to a field. They're just like, oh, hey, great to see you here. Yeah, our field's kind of trash. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, it surely can't be that bad. Oh, no, it's that bad. Let me tell you that. <laughs> like, oh, my God, seriously? Like, oh, hey, you know, you know, when you're talking with people and you kind of like, you kind of, uh, you know, degrade yourself a little bit, you know, just jo in joking, yeah, you know, yeah, in jest, yeah. whatever you're joking around, like, oh no, man, I'm horrible at that, whatever. But you're actually kind of good at it. You know, you're just messing around. Yeah, um, dude, this guy was not messing you know, around. Yeah, when, <laughs> like when, he when was... it's like that, it's kind of funny. But when somebody's like, for real, you're like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just, I just felt bad. Like, I, I felt bad. I like, we get, this dude. Yeah. We're, we're just like, dude, if, here, here's a, here's a Bobro's patch. Like, why don't you put it on your patch wall? Oh, I'm glad you said something, bro. Listen, I got oh. your, your thing. I didn't open it yet because I wanted to do it on here. I'm so glad oh, you said damn. something. I got distracted with our grand, my granddaughter coming in here. All right, hang on. So you took this long to open it. Oh my gosh. Bro, I saved it. Okay, well, I saved it and then uh, I got it before the uh, we went to the event. And then uh, since I've been back from the event, uh, Man, I was wrecked. I mean, I was exhausted. It, it took yeah. every ounce of energy to get my legs moving to go to work every day this past week. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm not kidding. It was uh, – I mean, I love it. I love the struggle. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I was worn the fuck out. Every day I came home from work, uh, 
I hate being in bed because I spent two years, you know, almost two years in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I couldn't help it. Like I had to lay down and get off my, like put my legs up. I was just like, okay. So anyway, so I was a little behind on, on some of this stuff. So, and you put a shit ton of stamps on that too. I had to. It's the only way to ship it. Really? Okay. It's because of the weight. Yeah. Well, I have one of those little mail scales that I bought because I was shipping these overseas and I didn't want to pay too much, but... Oh, yeah. I got your patches. Thought you like them. <laughs> Dude, I love them, man. I love them. I love the... Because uh, when we talked... Uh, yep. On our last time, you said... Uh, you asked me which one to like, and I was like... Yeah, I did. I like this one, but the first one I liked was the... Uh, the camel patch. Yeah, it's a, the camel patch. It's a classic, man. It really is. What I really liked, too, was this one. Dude. Yeah. You get the ba you get the band of brothers vibes now, don't you? Yeah, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you, bro. I wonder if it'll yeah. stick on my shirt. Let's see. <laughs> oh, it does. Hell yeah. This nice. is one of those like uh, There you go. <laughs> but listen, look, speaking of that, see that red mark? Yeah, yeah. That's from that's from getting shot. Woo! Baby shot? Yeah. Shot at an event. I'm you so, popped your scary. So Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not a virgin anymore. Woo! <laughs> I, uh, so, you know, I was filming and, uh, so right when they were at the first day, uh, well, the first day these guys were playing, they had a night game Friday night, but it was a separate ticket and yeah, yeah, yeah. they're Friday afternoon, but we just camped, you know, set up our, our camp and everything. So these guys were playing Saturday. That's when the main, uh, three games were, but, mm -hmm. um, so I went. And after the briefing, I went up and uh, started talking to the uh, the owner and, you know, kind of like the originator of Third Coast Airsoft, uh, Sal. Sal. I went yeah. up there and started talking to him. And uh, so, so they were doing the countdown. Everyone went to their staging areas, you know, the teams. They're doing a the countdown. And we're right in a kind of like a, a conflict point where all these, you know, teams are coming up. But um, so they did the countdown. Him and I are still talking. And then right when they, you know, do the whistles and everything, whatever, they start running. So there's this big bus here. And uh, so him and I kind of get close to the bus. He's like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And I start feeling like shit starts about, you know, happening over here. So uh, I got right in the middle of two teams shooting across. So I backed up against the bus. And I tried to turn because Sal went around the corner to the back of us. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And uh, I was like, wait for me. So I come around there. And as soon as I turn my chest this way, I get striped <laughs> right up from here on my chest plate or my uh, yep. plate carrier all the way up. And it hits right above where it was uh, exposed. Protecting you. I like, yep. Oh, I loved it, man. I was like, yes, shoot me again. <laughs> oh, I had a good time. There. You probably also took a couple rounds right on the plate carrier. Huh? Oh, yeah. When it started the plate carrier right in my sternum. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hell yeah. And honestly, uh, by the time I got around to the back, I didn't feel this. Like I felt yeah. that, the, you know, I felt it the same way I felt it on my uh, plate carrier, but I didn't know it hit my skin. You know, I had t-shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah. But uh, I didn't even feel it uh, because I was like, you know, it was adrenaline, bro. I was like, yeah. yes, this is fucking awesome. That's the first exactly. time uh, that I've been in the in the shit, you know, in the middle of it. A lot of players so started. A lot of players will tell you that, you know, when it comes to like calling hits and stuff in airsoft, it's not so much feeling it because you have that adrenaline stuff. Right. It's hearing it. 
And like you probably did, you could hear that flat, flat, oh, yeah. flat off your plate carrier and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So like a lot of players listen for that exact noise, and once they hear that, that's when they'll call it was, their. It was loud. I mean, it was yeah. it was very distinct, and I went, yeah. so fast. It was just it like this, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then I finally got around to the side of the bus. I was like, all right. So I'm trying to film and kind of keep my camera from getting shot. But uh, now you know what it's like to be a referee at an airsoft game. For real, dude. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and speaking of that, I would love to talk to some admins or refs or I guess over in the UK, they're called marshals. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody that's been a marshal or admin for quite a long time at some of these games. I'd love to get their perspective on these uh, game events, you know. Oh, yeah. No, they'd have a great perspective on stuff like that. I know I'm I'm in talks with. Um, one of the referees at our team's home field, uh, RPC Airsoft in New Hampshire, uh, the head referee there, uh, Oobs is his call sign. Um, he hosts a game every year. It's called Operation Green Death. Uh, similar to like that Operation Outbreak game that we did. I'm going to be CO for Operation Green Death as well. Nice. Uh, we, we played it last year. There's a whole storyline behind it. Green Death is a... It's a eco-terrorist group in the United States that mm-hmm. are a bunch of tree huggers and fuckers and they, you know, save the environment and <laughs> versus the evil corporations. Let's burn oil. That's my team. Uh, <laughs> burn the midnight oil, cut down the trees, you know. Oh, you're horrible. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're horrible. We're pretty bad people. But uh, I see the event last year in June. Uh, we had a huge turnout. Our team, actually, we were able to do a, a giveaway and a, a raffle at the event. We were able to contribute a couple of a patches, a pistol, uh, a couple other free game tickets and stuff like that to the field. Uh, we're going to do the same thing this year. We've actually going to be doing a rifle giveaway. I can't. We're still keeping it under wraps. I know a lot of people have heard us talk about this rifle giveaway. I will say, though, that it's going to be a KWA rifle. I can say that much. Shit. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice rifle. But um, yeah, uh, last year at the end of the event, as the CO, I ended up actually getting captured. I ended up getting dragged away by a couple of uh, enemy players. Oh shit! So I've been talking with uh, the event coordinator and the head referee at the, at the event there, and he wants to do a promotional video. You know, right before Green Death Six this year. Upcoming in June, we might be filming something in May, and uh, I might edit it. I might release it, you know, if it turns out well. But something to get some hype up for the event coming up this year. Uh, who knows? It, it could be anything, really. It could be me escaping the clutches of people, or me getting tortured, or something like that, and you know, amp people up yeah. to come save me. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, endless possibilities. But hey, uh, look, those guys that capture you, like, hey, now we're doing a raffle. You're, you're not, your name's taken out, okay? Your name's getting out. It's gone. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I had, I had to be honest, though. I had so much fun. At, like, out of the highlight of last year of everything our team did, all yeah. 18 events that our team went to last year, like, That's a lot, bro. That raffle was like my highlight of the year, right really? there. Like, oh, seriously. Like, just being up there, calling out names and everything. Everybody's yeah. cheering for whoever won something. Like, no matter how small or how big it was, it was just a great sense of community, a great sense of pride. Everybody's there amped up to play Airsoft. For and sure. it, 
dude, it was just so much fun. I mean, I'm sure did they have a rifle at the uh, Stonebreaker game? They did. Well, uh, I wasn't able to walk over there. So where we were camped, so yeah. Sunday afternoon, you know, the game ended uh, after they went to play Sunday. I wanted to film the the end kind of uh, ceremony or whatever they did, you know, with the raffle and yeah. everything. And then they, they call out kind of like the numbers and who, what team won and mm-hmm. who won the most. I guess they gave out like awards for who did the most, whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, it was so far of a walk from oh, yeah. where we were camped to that was the same amount of it was the same walk that i did on saturday mm-hmm. uh when i went to film when i was talking to sal where they where they had the briefing uh bro listen sunday morning i i couldn't i literally couldn't walk uh, oh my god i would my legs were so spent uh from saturday that uh I, I woke up Sunday morning, you know, we're sleeping in the tent on the ground. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I go to get up and uh, I, I couldn't get up. So oh, I literally crawled from our tent and, and I was, you know, honestly, I don't know why, but I'm still kind of like self-conscious about it. So I know, but when you're around a bunch of strangers, you don't know, I stuck my head out and I'm looking like, cause we're, you know, a bunch of tents, people around yeah. And I'm like, uh, and I got to crawl like 20 feet to the, uh, to the, where the, we had a couple coolers, you know, full of beer yeah. sitting there to be able to push myself up to just stand upright. Well, so I'm crawling over there. And I'm like, I was, I, I, I could barely stand. Like I, I had to hold on to the truck for like an hour before, uh, you know, I could get kind of stable. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I hated it that I missed the end ceremony. I literally could not walk over there and we couldn't drive a vehicle over to where that was because when you, when you leave, it's a really kind of the way it's set up when you leave the campground, it's far away from where that is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the guys are like, well, we'll, we'll help walk you over there. You know, Christian and Colton, they're big. You know, I could put my arms around them and kind of like, I'm just, uh, I'm too prideful, man. I just, I'm stubborn. I'm I like, get it. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So, uh, but anyway, I get I it, really, man. I've, I've injured myself way more than I should have at events yeah. and stuff. Like, um, sure. I, well, I, well, you're still kind of young, but I'm you're still, not young, young. I'm, so I'm not young, young. go gung ho and then get hurt. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm 230 pounds. Like I'm not the. I'm not in the best shape of my life. I am young, but I'm not in the best shape of my life. And my biggest hangup for me, especially when it comes to airsoft, is I actually have cold-induced asthma. Um, anybody? Yes, I, I actually I have asthma. So anybody that's ever watched one of the Mobros videos or video from like my point of view and my cam and stuff, and they hear <laughs> like <laughs> that's me having an asthma attack while I'm yeah. playing airsoft. I push myself through it. And then you'll see me in the parking lot, like 15 minutes later, like you can't, yeah, I can't, I can't breathe. I can't do nothing. I'm puffing my inhaler and people are like, dude, that was really awesome play. You just did taking that objective. But like, why are you dying in the parking lot? Yeah. And people, that's a common thing. I was just talking to a little miss airsoft, you know, the one we did with her and uh, she has asthma, same thing. That's why she started that. So uh, slow QB thing. Yep. Yep. The girl I talked to yesterday, 
from, I talked to a girl yesterday from South Africa and, uh, same thing. She's got asthma. She is, uh, you know, um, she, she had to kind of adjust her gear and gameplay style yeah. to accommodate. Like it's that old saying from the Bible, you know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I mean, yeah. That applies to so many things like what we're talking about when you get older or if you have yeah. an ailment, uh, you, you're gung ho. You want to go like, I yeah. want to fucking get out there, bro. And yeah. I'm like, I'm so excited. Like the, when we first got into this event, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to take all these films and videos. And but that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, like you get, like, you're yeah. <laughs> dude, like you get out there and you, you want to be that, you want to be that gung ho and everything. Yeah. And then because of your limitations, you're like embarrassed about it. Right. Like everyone's like, Oh, Hey, you're going to come to the raffle. And you're just like, yeah they're dying because of an asthma attack next to your freaking car. And you're like, I, dude, I, I, I don't think I could go just go without Honestly, me. Like, like, I wish I could get out of breath. Uh, I can't even work my muscles hard enough to get out of breath. Like I, I just, I was walking back uh, Saturday afternoon and I had just filmed these guys. It was after I got shot and I filmed a yeah. bunch of stuff and uh, I had already walked. This was the, the uh, you know, later kind of in the afternoon. I had already stayed out there a bunch, you know, a long time. So I'm walking back and uh, down below the hill, these guys were getting together their, you know, their team together to kind of like storm the, the building or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking up and by this time my calves are like, I mean, I could barely lift my foot off, off the ground, like my toe up off the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, the muscles in front of your uh, shins, that muscle that lifts your foot up yeah, yeah. Is, uh, yeah. is really small and thin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So compared to your other muscles, right? Yeah. So uh, it it uh, it wears out really quickly. So anyway, and especially with um, you know, I had combat boots on. So if I don't pick them up, your toes drag, and then you you know, especially when you're on rough pavement, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're about to trip. So I'm walking really slow. <clears throat> so I'm walking up to this group, and this guy's standing there getting his stuff ready, and he's you know loading a mag, and yeah, and he looks up and he's watching me, and he sees the press thing, you know, and a, and uh, he so I finally get kind of close to him, and he goes, um, "Are you walking or running?" You know, kind of just kind of joking around, and I go, "Look, bro, this is my running right now." <laughs> so he goes, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, I." This is about as fast as I can go right now. That's I didn't tell him why. I didn't say anything, you know. So we sit there and talk for a few minutes. I got a picture of uh, him and his guys getting ready to go oh, nice. on, like, one of those little gators, uh, you know, four-wheel gator thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, off the post, I don't think I posted that picture yet. I, I haven't seen it. So, yeah, yeah. definitely post it up. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, you know. So they all jumped on that and got taken around to another side of the building. But uh, yeah. But yeah, he was like, oh, okay. You know, he didn't, <laughs> but I was literally walking as physically fast as I could. And it was super slow, you know? Yeah. No, I've, oh, yeah. I've started doing things for myself. Like when we go to, uh, when our team goes to skirmish events and things like that, and you, you get put with, you know, a bunch of people for the day. Right. And the first thing I do, it, you know, what our team will do is we'll be like, all right, Hey, so this is our objective. We want to go do this. We want to go do that. I'll just be like, all right, great. That's awesome. Who wants to be in the penguin waddler group? And who wants to be in the sprinter group? Because I'm a waddler over here. I'm going to the objective. Oh, yeah. I'm not running, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you got those younger kids that are like, oh, yeah, full send. Like, I'm going to sprint there. They'll be there in three seconds. You know, and I'm just like, that's great. 
I got I got range. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, uh Tonka, the guy we yeah. talked about earlier, uh call sign Tonka, he just posted a video. I'm not sure if he posted on a story or his um or an actual feed or whatever, but he put he you know, he's wearing a GoPro. Yeah. So Hopefully it wasn't just on a story because I want to go look at it again. But uh, he's got a video of him where he, he uh, the post was uh, we didn't because green team, the team he was on lost the event. And mm -hmm. he's like, well, you can't say I didn't try. That was his kind of like post. So yeah. he's running from the start when they said go, bro, mm -hmm. it is one of the most exciting videos I've seen in a while for outdoor play. He is going outside. He's going around corners. He's getting everybody. Is it on his story or is it on his, his Instagram? Well, unfortunately, I think it was on a story, which goes away in 24 hours. Yeah. So I think it was, I think you're right. I'm, I'm looking for it right now. And call yeah. Tonka. I'm going to have to ask yeah. him. I'll send him a text and, uh, and ask him to, uh, post that on his feed. Yeah, dude. Or tell me on, no, on his reels. I see him here. I, I guess. I'm looking at a picture of him right here sitting with uh, Laz, Laz from Tryhards Airsoft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I had uh, somebody reach out to me that saw it because all the pictures I'm posting on Instagram, I'm tagging Third Coast Airsoft or Stone Breaker or whatever. Yeah. And um, I had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, uh, we saw you guys. These are people I don't even know. We saw yeah. you guys at the event. And I was like, Oh shit. Well, where were you? You know, we were, Oh, we, I told him where we were camped out and he was like, yeah, yeah, we had, uh, one of the guys on our team had a technical there. It was a, uh, camouflage painted Jeep. Mm -hmm. I took a picture of it. I didn't even know that it was them. So I said, so I sent him the three pictures I had. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, is this it? He was like, yeah. yeah, thanks for the pics. You know, it was really cool. So, uh, anyway, I've talked to him in the last, just that just happened like, yesterday. It's, it's crazy going to one event how yeah. many friends you can make out of just right. going to that one event, right? Oh, I had a great uh, time, man. Like that, uh, our team, we pretty much blossomed on the East Coast after we attended Grimier Tactical's uh, Captivist event. Yeah. That's that's where we met teams like uh, Moon's Goons Airsoft, uh, Valkyrie Directive, Deadline Force, Little Miss Airsoft. Like, we met all these teams, all these players and stuff, just from going to that event. Uh, Gritty Gorillas, uh, Jesus, the, li the list goes on and on. And then from there, the more events that we attended, like with those teams, we met more teams because of that. And then it just, it just grew our patch wall. That's what it did. Like, just grew it. It was, it was awesome experience. But <laughs> now, well, go to more, go to more events, E Rock, and. You'll be surprised how many more teams, how many more people you guys will meet. We got there, and I was like, okay, when's the next one we're going to? Because <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. I I have missed that. Like, you know, when, uh, you know, so I, I'm, I'm working all the time. You know, our yep. kids were younger. I'm working all the time. Then I get sick. So I'm stuck in a house for a couple years. Mm -hmm. uh, got better. Well, yep. no, I wasn't, the first time I got sick, I was only, I was only uh, laid up for five months. Got better, went back to work yep. for a year and a half. Then it came back worse. Then I'm in yeah. the hospital for four days. Then I'm at home, stuck in bed for almost two years. Yeah. And then we start this channel. I'm filming all this stuff, but I haven't really gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the last, you know, 11, you know, 12 months, whatever, I've, uh, I started working again and then uh, being exhausted, trying to rehab myself. 
And then, uh, and now this is my first event where I'm like around a group of people that have, that are like-minded, that are passionate, that are, uh, positive, mm-hmm. right? uh, excited about what they're doing, man. It was the best fucking time I've had in a long, long time. Uh, and I saw the camaraderie. I felt the camaraderie that I had in military. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's, that's what it's like. That's why our team keeps going to more and more events and meeting more and more people and why our whole, our whole team is about more because it's that sense of camaraderie that we love to support. We love to promote. Like you see a lot of negativity online. You see a lot of cheater videos and stuff like that. There's the sport isn't like that at all. When you, you saw it for yourself the, the past weekend when you went to the event, like all the, the BS and everything that gets promoted online that you happen to see or that anybody outside of the sport usually sees and looks at because, you know, it makes news headlines and whatnot. That's not what it is. No. What it is is what you saw that weekend out on the field. like, yep. and, that's, and that's happening all over the United States. It's happening in New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, New York. Pennsylvania, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, Perry, Georgia, right now at the American Milson Iron Horse event that's going on. Like it's it's everywhere. And uh, I my only wish is I wish I could attend every freaking event, dude. I, I wish I could be at a I had enough money to go to a field every weekend, you know? Yeah, for real. I listen, before you know, all the interactions I've had in the last three years with everybody, like, you know, from our YouTube channel and, you know, commenting, talking with people, mm-hmm. uh, our Discord, even when I started the podcast, uh, I never had a thought in my mind like, well, that's not true. Originally, <laughs> our original plan, our original plan was to travel around to different places and play with people, you know, some of our viewers that we met through our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the original plan. Of course, I was, I, I didn't uh, recover as fast as I thought I would or, or like to, I guess. Yeah. And so, uh, so it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. Well, then COVID and travel was shut down and all the shit. Well, uh, so I guess I haven't thought about it for, you know, a couple of years. Not seriously thought about traveling to meet other players like yourself or Little Miss Airsoft or Austin or whatever, you know, like, and now after it was, so the first, you know, couple days of that event, I'm like, okay, how can I explain to my wife that I'm going to spend all this money traveling? <laughs> no shit. Like, all right, how can I work this out? Okay. We're going to go be gone this weekend. When, when's that event? Okay. We got to buy a plane ticket or we got to drive or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to go hang out with these people at these events. Like I'm, yeah. I'm hooked, big time hooked. Uh, and big I was time. passionate about it before. But now I'm like, dude, I, I can't shake that feeling I had while I was there. <laughs> it's a, It really is. It's an amazing feeling. It, it really is. There's no other way about it. But yeah, man, if you're ever looking for a home up here in the New England area, you know who to call. All right. <laughs> well, listen, between you, Little Miss Airsoft, John now recently, yeah. uh, Radar from Moon Goons, yeah. uh, I've got a – and then uh, Austin – you know, yeah, there in that area, I've got a, and then I've got uh, Nepa Airsoft, who's up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keeper is up there. I've got a ton of people, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. You got a ton of couches to sleep on right now. That's what you got, <laughs> right? 
Oh, dude, yeah. I, I'm I'm really excited for the uh, future of it. So uh, yeah, yeah man. forward to you know that kind of thing. Well, I know I know I have some family. I got some grandparents down in the North Carolina area. So if I'm ever down there, I'll be hitting you up for sure. For real. Well, look, we've got you know five bedrooms and <clears throat> our son, our last child's moving out here in two weeks. So uh, we've got all kind of room here. I'll bring the whole team. Fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> For real. Seriously. <clears throat> so we have a ton of space here. We have no neighbors either. So oh, real guns in our backyard and nobody gives a shit. And we're outside at city limits. So uh, well, there you make, go. when we have parties, people will pull their uh, car or Jeep back here and mm -hmm. open the doors with because the, they have a banging system. And they'll play music while we have a big bonfire and drinking back here. And there's nobody close enough to care. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I don't. I, Y'all are welcome. Oh, I wish I, I wish I lived in an area like that. Here I am. I'm in the basement of my house in the middle of the city. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't. Uh, I, I never really liked uh, urban uh, living. I guess we did. We did when the kids were little. We had a place uh, in a really tight neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Or you know, houses close together and stuff. And um, I didn't really like. I it wasn't. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I just uh, prefer this as opposed to that, with a little bit of space and privacy, but not too far away from town. You know. Yeah, yeah. Two minutes from you know all the shit going on downtown, which is is not bad. But no, uh, I I grew up. You know. I grew up in the city, in the city I'm actually living in right now. I grew up here when I was a little kid, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And then I moved to a country-ish area, you know, just about 45 minutes out of the city. Hated it. Just didn't like it growing up. I, I, I really missed, like, all my close, you know, school friends and stuff like that. So when I, when I had the chance to go to college, uh, I picked a college down in Boston, Massachusetts. And went there, met my wife down there. And I lived in Boston for about six years. And and not in like the nice area of Boston. People are like, oh yeah, Boston, oh yeah, you know, all the tourist areas. No, I I lived in the hood. I lived near uh Roxbury, Massachusetts. Anybody watching who knows Roxbury, they know that that is the hood. Uh <laughs> that's where all the crime happens and stuff. Okay. I I absolutely loved it. I, I miss it every day, actually, yeah. like where compared to where I'm living right now. Yeah, I, I miss it, man. It's just you get you get used to that sort of like inner city style living. You get used to when you go to bed, there is somebody else up right now. There's yeah. somebody else walking around your house. They're not going to mess with your stuff. They're just no. walking on the sidewalk, there's, there's you know, going on. smoking their cigarette, doing their yeah. own thing like. I don't know. I just kind of found peace and stuff like that, you know. I don't um, mind that. Uh, when when uh, we first got married, I was you know still in the military, and we lived off base in a in a, mm -hmm. a small apartment. And um, the first place we lived was a you know uh, first floor apartment, so we had people above us, everywhere you know all around us and everything. There was always something going on. There was a lot of military guys there, you know, Marine Corps guys there as well. So there's always parties and fights. And <laughs> so, and then, of course, Sundays, you know, when people are hung over is usually when the uh, husbands and wives, especially the military guys, uh, fight. You know, they argue, uh, you know, <clears throat> so 
there was a lot, there was always some kind of action going on, whether it was positive yeah. or negative, you know, but there's always some shit going on. Uh, it kind of kept you on your toes and kept life interesting. You know, I don't like the quiet life to per se. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't have that. I just, I like the freedom. I don't, uh, when we lived in, uh, in Ohio before we moved here, we would try to have big family events or mm -hmm. friends, you know, come over and somebody's calling, somebody's calling, somebody's calling, calling fire department. Cause we have a little fire going, uh, you know, where the kids are roasting marshmallows and I'm telling yeah. you, bro, it is, it, it is safe. I got the fire, the, the garden hose right next to it. Yeah. My neighbors, you know, call. And then, uh, I try to show my, sh my sons how to shoot a BB gun, you know, his pellet gun in the backyard. We're, we're shooting into the ground. You know, I know yeah. people don't know that, but they call the cops. I'm like, bro, yeah. uh, you know, can Nosy you neighbors the worst and look the other way for two seconds? Like, uh, but anyway, so I, I never had a good experience with that when the kids were little with the, that close, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, when my wife and I were first married, there's no kids involved. It was just us. It was like, Oh yeah, what's going on now? Oh, we look out the door like, Oh, yeah. they're fighting again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> you know? what me and my, that's what me and my wife are like, you know, like we don't have any kids right now. I'm still young. I'm 31 years old, you know, right. but I mean, we're, we don't really have any plans to have kids and stuff, which just means I have more time for airsoft, which is, sure. you know, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll make, I'll make that my baby. Right. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> but no, we've, we just we love the city of Boston so much. We're actually thinking uh, maybe when we're 50, 55, maybe 60 years old, uh, getting an apartment down there. And that's what we'll do for retirement, you know, okay. live in an apartment in the city. You know, we'll be close to all the hospitals and crap, I guess, you know. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Good way to uh, do one it. Of our, one of our uh, longtime viewers on here, Mark Patello, he's actually – his daughter was uh, – the one of the first winners of our uh one of our first giveaways or the winner hey, really? of our first giveaways hmm. so uh what was her name oh zoe zoe Batello. um so mark Batello, he's actually if you saw the video where we uh tested out the tag in launcher yes um, I saw that one. it was a yeah. long time ago right but uh um, yeah. so he's actually the one that sent us his tag in launcher and really to try it out. And I sent it back to him, but, uh, he sent us all those rounds for free. Like he just gave them to us. Oh, wow. Uh, I actually gave him a free gun, uh, when I sent it back, but, um, it was, uh, so he's up in, I think in the Boston area, he's in mass, but, mm. uh, I'm not, I think it's in Boston area. So well, you might have oh. something to talk, you know, talk I mean, about te technically people say that I'm in the Boston area, right? I'm about, 45 minutes to an hour north of Boston right now in oh, the city that I'm No shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if I have to, when me and the wife take vacations and stuff to like the Caribbean or the Bahamas and stuff like that, we'll drive down to Boston, park our car for a week, and then oh, wow. take the car and drive back home. I mean, we're, yeah. we're pretty close. Um, the, the city I live in, it's called Manchester, New Hampshire. It's There's actually a couple of signs around this city that call it the queen city, the queen of Boston, because it's the next largest city near Boston, I guess. <laughs> That's why yeah. I didn't know it was that close. I don't, I don't look at the map that often unless I have to look at a uh, time zones 
for who I'm doing a podcast with in a different place. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like, also, like New Hampshire and, on the East Coast, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, listen, man, uh, it has been uh, really fun talking with you. Holy crap! It's already oh my gosh, it's been a couple hours already. Holy shit! I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Like I, feel I don't feel like, like it at uh, all. With the you know, I don't even feel like I. I think I had the perfect combination. I slowed down on this because it's so potent. Oh, I I almost finished mine. Finished and then yeah, you, I got it. I got into the water. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's flown by. Um, yeah, dude, definitely. Dude, I guess, uh, you know, this is kind of what I, what I like to do. You know, it's like, it feels like we're just hanging out. Dude, we are hanging out. That's yeah, exactly that's right. Like we're just bullshitting, you know, we're, we're. Thank fans. God it's Friday. <laughs> For real. But oh, yeah, man. thank you so much, man. It was uh, really cool to uh, get together with you. I love doing a Friday night one too. Dude, that, let's do another Friday night one soon, Absolutely. dude. I'm, I'm totally on board for this. This was a blast. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank Perfect. you. <laughs> yeah, good to see you, man. Good to see you too. You have a great rest of your night, all right? All right, you too, man. Later. See ya.